Welcome back to another episode. Jay here with Brandon. Let's talk about a few interesting things that are happening this week. Starting off with California drivers, you guinea pigs. Uber is starting to allow California drivers to set their own fare. Also, some cities want to tax Uber more and Lyft. What would that mean for drivers? And a proposed $500 million bailout for taxi tab medallion owners in New York City. You guys agree with that or no? And what other topics, Brandon? I think we also want to touch on ah, in Seattle, another unfortunate Ooh. shooting happened. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people criticizing both Uber and Lyft uh, for a little surge pricing during this crisis. We're going to kind of unpack that a little bit and talk about how that happens, why it happens, and you know what Uber and Lyft can kind of do going forward to prevent some some things like that. Um, but I think also one of the main things that the people want to know is how you are doing today, Gridwise Jay. I am not drinking coffee today as much as I should. I still had a few cups. But overall, I'm well, doing well. Thank you for asking. Uh, uh, well, uh, have a cup right now. Or just pretend like you had one, because uh, we got some cool stuff to talk about. Let's uh, can can I kick this off with talking about the uh, Uber testing some new features again with the Cali drivers? You sure may, Brandon. Okay, I sure may. Um, so yeah, as as Gridwatch Jay was kind of just you know alluding to a little bit, um, Uber is again they are continuing to roll out some of these new features for that they're testing for drivers that's you know kind of in a direct response to ab5 a couple podcasts ago we talked about this whole project luigi that they have going on that's really like the code name for this project that uber has to make to just make sure they are ab5 compliant Um, a lot of things have come out from that including you know kind of the search pricing coming back to where it is now or where it was i should say and then um, you know, Uber capping their fees. Another thing that they are trying, which is super interesting, is allowing drivers to set their own fees. Now, how this is going to work is, or how this does work right now, because they're they're actually testing this um, in airports in Santa Barbara, Palm, Palm Springs, and Sacramento. I don't think it's every driver, but a lot of drivers are being able to test this stuff. You are going to be able to or they are able to basically set their own fare multiplier so if i feel like you know i want the search to be or my fare multiplier to be 1.2 x up to 5x i can basically click a button and then increase like my fare, fare multiplier which is super interesting um that does of course mean that if you or when uber is kind of uh pairing a ride though you are if you're you know it's going to try to pair the the rider with the cheapest driver so it kind of turns into a bit of an auction system right so it's interesting in that it gives drivers more control but then also you have this brand new aspect of kind of hyper competitiveness amongst drivers that i i think is just really interesting so that's that's brand new gridwise jay what do you think i am at a loss for words um I don't even can't even fathom how this is going to work out. Is there going to be a minimum threshold 
or can you work for free? Or can you even pay passengers money to drive them? No, because there's like there's a minimum. So like you can't. It's going. It's start. It's a. It's just a multiplier. So whatever the base mm. fare, you can multiply. You can multiply over that. So, right? just, so I don't. The minimum would be right? zero surge or one x. Yes, exactly. Mm. And then you can decide. Okay, I want to do one point two x up to five x. That's mm. that's the maximum. It's five x right now from what I'm reading. Well. I feel some drivers are just going to strictly drive at 1x, and I really don't believe this is going to work out as planned. I don't think. I, think I don't the driver know what is the plan. A, I don't. Driver I a, don't know what. I mean, I think for Uber, the plan is just to make sure that they're AB5 compliant, right. and that that may work. I don't know, but how how is the marketplace going to react to this? I, my question is, how much are passengers paying? Are they paying a multiple that you set, or are they just paying whatever Uber sets? I think that's a good question that I don't think it's very clear on. But given that Uber's in California, what's already been kind of um, released for everyone is that Uber's commission is capped. I would assume that extra fee then has to go to the driver. Mm-hmm. And there, there would be no, there would be no reason for me as a driver to want to have a multiplier if it doesn't go to me. So it has to go to the driver. Exactly. I the only incentive I could think of of even driving for a multiplier is to boost your earnings fairly. Right. So, so I don't, I don't know. Like it could, we could have a situation where, like you said, everyone just drives in one X and nothing really changes or we could have a situation where drivers are just are i i have to imagine there's a situation where drivers are trying their best to get as much of a surge as possible i feel like there will be too many drivers saturating at 1x that are taking all of the demand and rides for for anything the matter i feel if anyone raises their surge to even 1.1x 10 percent over the price they're just not going to find any rides because all of the undercutters will be out in force because they don't know any better. Right. I mean, yeah. So like one thing that's interesting, and I feel like a lot of, if we were to say something like this in a lot of other, I don't know, marketplaces, it would be different because your your average seller in their services is a little bit more mature than the average rideshare driver because we all we all know how how churn works in the rideshare industry. So you will always have like these newbies coming yeah, in these new drivers. that don't understand how they should be bidding. That's going to kind of in that they're just naturally going to undercut the market in a lot of these situations. Right. It may not even be an intentional undercut, like you said, Brandon. They just simply don't know any better. Yeah. Yeah, I, this is going to be pretty wild. I, I definitely want to hear what everyone thinks about this. There's a lot of kind of incomplete information. Um, I apologize we couldn't give you further details or more exact details on this. They're just not available yet. This is like a very – it's a pretty secret type of thing that they're testing here. So it's not a lot of details available. But I'm just – this is this could be – this could do nothing or it could do everything. I really don't know. I feel the same way. I feel like this is not 
a, a an event that has another a third output. I feel like it's either all or nothing. I feel, like you said, it's either it does all kinds of different things for the driving ecosystem, or it just doesn't do anything at all. But Uber yeah. doesn't care, right? As long as Uber mm-hmm. is enforcing that separation between independent contracting and employee status, that's all their end goal is. Yeah, I I, I also want to add. Um, so there, so the um, the lawyer that represents Uber in um, a class action uh, lawsuit that I think was was the catalyst for AB five. I think. Again, my apologies for not understanding, not knowing the exact details. But Ronald Zambrano, he 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 commented on this. Um, he said this is mere window a mere window dressing campaign, and instead of denying AB five, instead of denying AB five was applicable or attempting an in run around the law, Uber should focus its efforts on compensating its employees for the benefits previously de- denied. So a lot of the people from the AB that are you know, very, very much pro AB5, like this lawyer, they're kind of almost just brushing this off saying, hey, you know, this is just some, this is just some shit that, you know, that Uber's trying to do to circumvent the law. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how drivers would, if, what, do, what, do, what do drivers want? Do you want to be employees more? Or would you, or is this something that really all of the things that Uber is doing that is kind of rolling back some of the changes that they made that's making drivers make less would you prefer that to have that or would you prefer to be employees drivers prefer to make more money and i feel a lot of them want to be employees because they directly correlate being an employee with making more money right so if uber actually paid a fair amount to drivers whilst maintaining independent contractor status I don't think as many people will be crying to be employees still Uh, for the right price. I mean, I would drive Uber full time if it paid $1,000 an hour, but it doesn't. We all have our number. (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't. So Yeah. It does not. So I don't know. This is this is a super interesting one. Like I, this is like such a wait and see type of thing because. And it's like uh, it's kind of like you know the market. Like everyone wants kind of like the market forces to be able to to decide things. And but this is like one market that is kind of weird. And like it's hard to have an educated market of or supply side of rideshare drivers just because by nature they're just just like a they're just always turning in and out. So I, I don't know. I find it so fascinating how Uber just keeps coming up with new experiments. To drive on drivers. Yeah. Also, like, when is, like, so, like, also, at what point does some of this stuff move outside of California? Good question. You know, like, like even just, like, the, what, what did they call it? Like, keeping you in the driver's seat? Like, all that, like, from part one and two. Is that something that I wonder if they're going to move into other markets when they feel the pressure? Or are they going to proactively move it into other markets? Let's think of this from a business standpoint. They're not going to do any sweeping changes if it costs them money. And I'm pretty sure doing these changes ends up costing them money. So if there's no legal pressure to do so in the political atmosphere of that state, I don't think they're going to expand 
any of these changes that they have in California. Again, like that lawyer suit is just window dressing. It's in response to AB5. It's not to right. make them more money or save them money. It's you're just avoiding lawsuits. Well, save them money. Yeah. Hmm. You know what's what's kind of interesting though is that and people don't really realize this, even as a as mainly a passenger these days, I don't really realize this, but Uber is like Uber and Lyft and really every major rideshare platform is actually increasing their prices. So what a passenger pays right now is a non-trivial amount more than what a passenger paid a year ago. Mm-hmm. And they're doing this like relatively quietly. Um, like a penny increase a day across the board or something like that. <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're just taking that out. Never, never I don't, I don't know. It's so slow. <laughs> I don't know how much it is, but then you're yeah, like twenty dollars prices down the street. What? What did this happen? <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like I don't know if they are going to be as I don't know if they're going to be squeezing drivers so much if like they are past the point where they're in these price wars with each other, which maybe they are. Maybe they're, I mean, they, no, they clearly are past that point where they're doing these price wars with each other because they're increasing prices instead of decreasing them. Maybe so they if that's the case, say I that s- again? I said maybe they haven't even found the, the threshold where customers stop using the platform. Maybe it's still not attained yet. Perhaps people are willing to pay $10. Definitely not. No, $20 for a, a ride down the street. I'm, yeah. They they probably have a lot. I mean, listen, you're gonna have to charge it a lot for me to to not Uber some places. You know, like I would definitely pay ten percent, maybe fifteen percent more than I do now without really ever saying anything. Like yeah, I would too. I take it without saying. So anything. That is, I would take it. I would take a ten to fifteen percent without saying anything. No questions asked. It's still worth it. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it's like a tremendous time saving. What, what else am I going to do at this point? I don't even know. Uh, airport rides, you can charge. You can literally charge me a hundred dollars to go to the airport. I would probably have to pay it if I didn't want to listen. If, uh, so it's about seven dollars a day to park at the airport, and then the gasoline to drive up there the time. Right. I mean, if I'm if that's if it's a ten day trip, that's seventy bucks. If I'm gone for right ten there. days. I would absolutely pay a hundred dollars to go to the airport because it saves money. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like as as riders at this point, we are incredibly reliant on on these services. And if you if you were to take Uber from everyone today, there would be a lot of people like, well, I guess I'm not going anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> There's some people, yeah. <laughs> some people. Yeah. I mean, we could go back to cabs and things like that, but that's such a oh, different. Dude. That's like you could pay, you could pay twenty percent less than cabs, and it'd still be less in total than cabs. Yeah, yeah, you'd still be like whatever. So I don't, I don't. I mean, they're going to be incre- they're going to continue to increase these prices until they hit that point, and then once they hit that point, or until then, like I could imagine them being more than willing. Well, not, I imagine them being willing to also make sure that drivers are. Are more fairly compensated, of course, because so that they don't have to have of these AB five like environments in other states. Like I can just see if the pressure is on even a, a decent amount, 
Uber and Lyft kind of doing some of this stuff like that. Also, to me, one thing that's interesting is Lyft has not done any of this stuff. It's only been Uber. Um, but Uber has also has the same kind of shitty like surge pricing and things like that. I feel I don't like really Lyft, understand yeah. what Lyft's plan is. Lyft is playing that long game of why do we have to spend money on research initiatives and we could just let Uber do it for us. <laughs> but Uber, I, feel, I don't know. I don't know if Lyft is just trying to like stay under the radar. Maybe no one notices. They do everything they Uber does. They kinda... mirror the changes. They don't do any of the research. Uber decreases their rates in Pittsburgh to X amount, let's say 64 cents a mile. Two weeks later, Lyft does the same thing. Yeah. Exactly the same thing. It's kind of like, it's kind of interesting also. Like, when is that kind of sort of like a, like a, what's the word I'm trying to think of? When, when companies are kind of colluding with each other to, like a monopoly? Ogle, ogle, ogleopoly? Uh, oligop- oligopoly? Monopoly. <laughs> Whatever. When there are a few, when there are a few players in the market that are basically colluding with each other to fix the market, that is not legal. I wonder when there's going to be. They're colluding. Point. It's collusion. Collusion. When they are, when they're doing that, that is illegal. And I wonder if if we reach a point. Then, like in the case that we're saying with the prices increasing, where that kind of comes into play. I don't know. Super interesting, but we've been like rambling about this part. Yeah, this next topic, topic which is um, Uber raising taxes or cities raising taxes on Uber and Lyft proposed. Yeah, lots of lots of different places are, are raising are raising taxes or trying to raising raise taxes. They're proposing tax increases for really not just Uber and Lyft, uh, but all ride share, right? So the city of Massachusetts um, with their now governor, Charlie Baker is looking at a increasing the state surcharge on ride ride hailing from 20 cents, 20 cents a ride to a dollar a ride, a dollar a trip. And then we also have out in Maryland, um, there's a bill right now that's projected to help uh, the city collect millions in, a, in additional revenue, um, assuming a, a, it looks like an increase of 25 cents or a 25 cent tax mm-hmm. um, that they're doing. And then we also we, of course, know about the situation where um, uh, Sky Harbor, uh, Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport, absolutely. In Phoenix, they have already raised their raised their fees. So a lot of these cities, airports, states are starting to increase their fees. Kind of the scary thing about that is, what if Uber just goes and pulls the Sky Harbor and says, "Well, we're out of here," which would be bad for passengers, as we've just kind of talked about quite a bit, but also bad for drivers because that means there's nothing for us to drive, right? Mm-hmm. So interesting. Yeah. Always interesting to know that Uber is not required to be in any place. They, they're yeah. a for-profit business. And if it doesn't make sense for them business-wise, earnings-wise, they can just simply leave the city. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll say – so, I mean, with Phoenix Sky Harbor, that was just an airport, right? So it's not like they're leaving all Phoenix. It's just, it's just the airport. Probably a decent amount of their revenue, yes, but just an airport. Mm-hmm. What do you think about – would they – where do you think is the line where they say, okay, we're going to leave an, an entire city, like an entire city like Boston? For I think when it doesn't make sense for them from a unit 
per unit economic standpoint when right. they probably have an internal threshold of earnings that they want to squeeze per driver in person in the city specific value and if that number is lower than what they've determined is viable they'll leave the market and i'm assuming it's greater than zero no no i don't think uber would operate in any market where they're making nothing yeah and also losing not any like if you're just status quo i mean what's the point of just being there just offer your services for free basically yeah they gotta be making some sort of profit yeah, definitely not, not Well, they're not making profit in general, but I'm just saying maybe they have to be making some level. Right. I think, well, Uber CEO, Dara K, can't pronounce his last name. Um, Koz Rashahi. In, say it again? Koz Rashahi. We learned from a commenter, one of you awesome gridwisers commented below on one of our, like, seven episodes ago when Brandon and I Koz couldn't Rahat. say... When Brandon and I couldn't say his last name, I forget who you were, but you helped me out. You wrote it. You phonetically spelled it out how, exactly how it sounds, and I was able to learn how to pronounce Dara's last name. It's Koz Rashahi. Koz Rashahi. Koz Rashahi? Maybe I'm not doing it right. Koz Rashahi. Okay. I'm saying it too much. It's starting to lose all meaning. Dara Koz um, Rashahi. Yeah, but he, he basically said that what Uber's strategy is, is they want to get to the top one or two in a market, and then they believe that if they are in that position, then it's going to be profitable for them, and if it's not profitable, then they are going to leave. So I would definitely agree they have no qualms about leaving a market if they feel it's, it's, unpro- it's unprofitable for them. So I... I don't know. We, we've had cities, Chicago, for instance. I live in Chicago. They just increased their taxes on all rideshare services, yeah. and all rideshare services are still here. But I think it's it's definitely going to be like a market for market, a market by market thing instead of just um, for sure a hard hard rate because some markets are more or less profitable for them. Mm-hmm. Uber so. surge. They forgot to turn it off during an emergency situation. So. Everybody's trying to get out of someplace, uh, a mass casualty yeah. crisis situation, and they paid a ton of surge. Yeah, up in uh, Seattle. Huge oversight to the system. Another unfortunate shooting happened, and uh, they had Uber and Lyft. They were surging um, because, of course, a lot of people were trying to get out of the area of, of the shooting. Um, I'm not sure if this was. I'm, I'm sure it was. It was after the the actual shooting, but a lot of people were trying to get out of the area, and they got a lot of criticism for for not turning off their their surge or for for it being surging. And I have some thoughts on this, where I can understand where both sides are coming from in this argument. Definitely want to hear where your your thoughts are on this, though, Jay. I will start by telling you, I don't. I'm not a technical guy. I'm not an engineer here. I don't know how hard it is to just simply flip a switch and turn off the surge, but let's just give them the benefit of the doubt that it was difficult. It's something that's difficult to do, and you can't do it with a flip of a button or a press of a switch. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Then at the very least, they should have immediately released some kind of note or email to passengers who didn't need the surge saying that, hey, we totally understand you paid for this. We're reimbursing you 100% of the trip. We're not even taking away the surge. We're just going to give it to you for free. 
you'll see a refund within two weeks on your on your credit card. In this way, right. it, it is a, a big appreciation of big of, of the situation for, for Uber and it would have been the right step to take as a company. When your yeah. responsibility I get you're not responsible for people, you're just simply linking drivers with a mo a passenger or a passenger with a mode of transportation to and from a specific area. But at some point, especially during a crisis situation, you have to think, well, maybe I do have some sort of obligation, moral obligation, to, to at least ensure that people who needed something in an emergency situation got, got yeah. what they needed. Yeah, my thing with this is it – there's – I don't know how difficult it would be to just turn surge off. I would, I actually imagine it's, it's like relatively easy. What I think it's hard to do is know when there's like a real emergency situation. Right. Um, right. Because there's a lot, there's a lot of things that, that go on. Like I'm like, unfortunately in America, there are a lot of shootings that happen. And if, if they turned off surge in every area where they where there was something about a shooting that happened, they would, they would be surge would be off all the time. Um, so I think it just probably takes time for them to see that something is going on and then verify that some, that this is a real thing that's going on, which is probably why there is a, there is a delay because surge is an automated system. Surge has no idea that there's a shooting going on, it would be really, really hard for, for, I don't know how you automatically make surge know that without someone kind of, someone, someone knowing, someone figuring it out, this is a real thing and then going in and doing that. Well, I, that's, um, that's what I think too. I think, yeah, of course this is automated, but at the end of the day, you have real people in decision-making positions in upper middle management that should have kept a better eye on things. I don't. So, what do you have? Like a person like looking for like mass shootings like all the time? No, I just feel like in today's day and age, every news disseminates so fast and quickly. Everybody's connected via social media, and I'm sure if you're working at a tech company, you got a smartphone. Uh, somebody who is an owner of whatever position that management having the wherewithal to just saying, "Oh, well, I see this is happening on Twitter. Let me make sure that." I get in my message. I get this news out to the person who is in charge of surge in this market. Yeah, you know? I would say so. So I would say two things with that. One is you have to have like reliable sources about stuff before you act on it as a company. I feel so like there. I'm sure there was a lot of like things on social media in places talking about stuff, but like a lot of that stuff is very unconfirmed early on in our news kind of you know society now like a lot of a lot of companies don't really verify things before they before they before they say them Mm -hmm. so i think there's on one hand there's like some confirmation that needs to happen before you can can act on things um and then i don't again i have no idea how much how hard it is to turn off surge i imagine Mm -hmm. it's actually super easy but another thing that i was hearing when i was looking at forms which i I'm not sure how I feel about this is a lot of drivers were saying, well, you want me to drive into this place that is dangerous enough that you really want to get out of it to 
to take you out of it. You want me to go in, go in here. So I should be compensated for like the danger that I'm putting myself into, which is, which is a different, which is something that I had, I hadn't thought of. And me I don't either. know how and thinking about it now. It's not even about compensation. It's more of, do they even let drivers know that, Hey, you're heading into an area where there's an active shooter. Do you still want to take this ride? Because I'll tell you what, there ain't no amount of money that you could pay me if I knew I was about to pick someone up from an active shooter situation. Sorry. I'm right. not risking my life for Uber. So, that, But then that that's like even – you have to actually have confirmation even stronger at this point because you can't you can't act and, and, and do anything for passengers but also be sending your drivers into – it just shows area. that the passengers always come before the pa- the drivers. They all of this right. boils down that Uber needs a better way to handle safety response and issues. I mean, that's a that's a that's a real that's definitely like a real problem because again, like you can't if I if I as Uber if I know enough that I can enough that I turn off series that there's there's like a dangerous situation. There's no way as a company I can send drivers unknowingly into the situation i think you can inform that inform them that hey there's something dangerous going on send them but then knowingly sending them is my issue but then what knowingly like they are willing and they know that there's an act there's a dangerous situation and they're still dispatching drivers to that situation look you got passengers i get passengers they need a way out but does that does that mean you have to force an uber driver to go pick them up Right, exactly. So, but and and the thing about that is, I'm not going. No, like I don't no. give a shit about the five x multiplier. I'm not. I ain't going. So then, so then, does it work out to to a situation where you actually make shit ten times worse because no one's going because you have to inform both but sides? But it shouldn't be. There's no surge. It shouldn't be the driver's obligation. There is no. There might be like a moral aspect of it, but there's no way. There's no way a driver there, should be expected to just like. Be dispatched to an active, dangerous situation to, to, to save yeah. lives. You're yeah. not. You're not police. So, you're not firefighter. You're not first responder. You're a civilian. That's that's not even an employee. You're a contractor. Yeah, that's that's a that's a dif- that's a super difficult situation. Yeah. Um, when you kind of like go into it like that, you know, you're putting people in danger. You're either not getting people out of danger, or you're putting people in danger. And then, so what do you? What what's the right thing to do here? I have no idea. I do like your idea of compensating the people that did get surge get like surge surge price. I think Lyft and, and Uber. I, I think they should definitely do that. Um, but other than that, yeah, I don't know. I'm glad I don't have to figure that out. Well, Maybe why we don't should... we ask Gridwisers to let us know in the comment section below what you think about what we just talked about? Yeah, we got one more thing that we wanted to talk about. We do, do we but I am also running low on time here. Ooh, you're running low on time. I've got an important meeting coming up. Wow. You're going to leave our our viewers because of your But we important. were going to talk <laughs> in quotes. We're going to talk we were supposed to talk about the $500 $500 million proposed bailout for Uber for not Uber for taxi medallion owners. Ah. Uh, yeah, that I mean that sucks for them. Uh yeah, I guess we could talk about that. No real one quick. no one no one forced these taxi cab drivers to buy a medallion with loans 
It's like it's not like yeah. someone put a gun up to their heads. Like you got to you got to uh, take a loan out for five hundred k and buy this medallion because that's how much it costed. It was like up to a million bucks. Yeah, yeah, but I mean they are fucked. Like yeah, you know <laughs> like, what? It shouldn't like, be my tax money that goes to bail them out. Give me some. Give me a bailout. For what? For my loans, my student loans. I made a dumb decision going to school. Uh, I think. Uh, <laughs> bail, me, bail me out, guys. I'm, yeah, I'm. Pr- I'm pretty sure that's uh That's like Elizabeth Warren's. Um, her pretty much her her campaign. So well. Uh, maybe, maybe Jay, maybe Gridwise Jay. I don't know, but uh, I do know that you got to go, and we have talked about all of our topics. I would love to hear what our drivers think about everything that we talked about, including and kind of especially. I really thought it was kind of interesting when we talked about how Lyft and other rideshare companies should should handle these like safety situ- these really dangerous safety situations. That's very intriguing to me. We'd love to hear any anyone's ideas on that one. Yeah, let us know, and I'll, we'll see you on the next one. See you guys.